opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Murray Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about transforming hostility into a positive relationship. And we're, again, so lucky that we have Leonard Simchuk here with us. He is co-author with me on Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, a Couple's Guide. And hopefully you've heard Leonard before, but if you haven't, let me tell you a little bit about his background. Leonard Simchuk is an author, speaker, psychotherapist, and wonderful life coach. For the past 40 years, he's worked both in Australia and America as an educator and a therapist. And he was the director of the Family Therapy Program at the Marriage and Family Center in beautiful Sydney, Australia. And then later, he worked with the Family Institute at Northwestern University in Chicago. He's the author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace, which was an Amazon bestseller, as well as the wonderful novel, Cuckoo Forevermore, a lighthearted satire on psychotherapy. He's co-author, as I said, with me on Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, a Couple's Guide. And he conducts seminars on personal and spiritual growth, and he counsels and coaches clients all over Orange County, California. And he teaches writing as well. You can find out more about him at RoadmapHome.com and also at ConflictHealing.com where you'll see his picture, his bio, and we link to his URL. So thank you for joining me again in the studio. Well, Mari, it's always a pleasure to, to be with you and to continue to learn about conflict. Well, we're learning about how to transform conflict, and today we are actually, you know, we've been going through our chapters, and we are finally up to chapter 11. We have 12 chapters and an epilogue, so we're going to have a couple more shows about this, but now we're going to talk about transforming hostility 
into intimacy. And, you know, when we were talking about hostility before the show started, we were talking about there's really a difference between anger and hostility. So let's let's first talk about anger. Yeah, so, you know, anger is really a normal emotion that we... We'll feel anger if we feel our needs are not being met, if someone does something to harm me or upset me. That anger as an emotion is like a, uh, oh, it's going to tell me that something is not going right. And it's an indicator. It's no different than if I put my hand on a hot stove, it's going to tell me to take it off. So anger is going to be telling me that something isn't right and that I need to do something or take action so that I can feel better. So anger... Is, is so normal, it's it's when the anger gets out of control, as we know, Mari, that it yeah. gets into problem areas. Yeah, anger is an alarm. It's an alarm saying, uh-oh, something's wrong. I've been disrespected. I've been hurt. Something is wrong. Now, that's when I have the choice, okay? I can either go and use it as an opportunity to make some changes in that relationship, or it can turn into something worse, which is that hostility. So you were telling me, a, a little like the step by step about anger and um, and irritation. Why don't you tell that? That was kind so of so. It's just like irritation. It's usually, it starts off with irritation. So if irritation is not expressed or resolved, it leads to anger. Then anger, if it's unexpressed or not resolved, uh, leads to hostility. And hostility again will lead to rage. And rage unexpressed will lead to prison. Yeah. So right. it's just like, you know, we see that a lot of times that sometimes people, yeah. you know, you hear stories, this person was never got angry and all of a sudden this person went off the handle, shot somebody or whatever. It's because right. they never really had a chance to process their anger and it just built up until it became an explosion. Right. And hostility is something more enduring. When you, you, you can get angry for a few minutes and hopefully you'll resolve it. But when it turns to hostility, it's enduring and it builds resentment. And it, it is something that hurts the person who has that hostility. And of course, that whole ambience around them, it's an attitude. And it's something that is really negative in any relationship. If you're around a hostile person, person, it's very uncomfortable. You can feel that anger, you know, that hostility, just you could cut the room with a knife with it. Yeah, so it's just like, I think as you're saying, Mari, the, the resentment that someone may feel, let's say in a relationship, you know, I, I just had a couple come in just the other day, and they just had a lot of resentment. And clearly, they wanted to dump they wanted to release the resentment, thinking that once they just talk about the resentment and get it out of the system, then everything would be okay. But if there's that, mm, the hostility, really, rather than resolving it, it just creates more hostility. So if yes. someone tells a uh, partner, uh, the husband tells his wife, I'm, I'm resentful of all these things. And the wife says, well, you're resentful. Let me tell you about my resentment. <laughs> right. And then you get a hostile cycle just escalating. Right. And then they end up in my office <laughs> yes. in divorce mediation. And, and I can feel that hostility. And 
One of the things that, that you and I both know is that anger really is from, you know, is a result of hurt from the past. So sometimes it's very helpful when you've got this hostility is kind of go, okay, let's go back to the anger. Now from the anger, let's go back to the hurt and stay with the hurt. And that when I do that in mediation, at least then if, if I don't get that terrible hostility to dissipate, it's going to be impossible to resolve issues of the kids or resolve issues of the, of the, of, uh, the community property because that hostility is going to just jab every minute and it's going to be very time-consuming and very hurtful and very uncomfortable. And of course, if you go to court instead, uh, that hostility be, will be there, but the judge will just make a decision and you'll leave with that hostility. And right. so in mediation, you're going to kind of dig deep, work it through, massage it a little, and get a resolution that you could at least dissipate that hostility and kind of understand where it's coming from. Well, it's a bit like uh, having a huge sore or a cyst. That, that resentment, I mean, it's kind of a gross analogy, but it's true. So I've got this cyst that's really bulging, right. and and this uh, toxin has been underneath yeah. the layer. I just touch it, just touch it, and I'm going right. to... Oh, ouch, ouch, yeah, yeah, yeah. look what you did to me. It, where that, that hostility or the anger may be from our early childhood or unresolved yeah. issues that we've never been able to clear out. Right. So if you lance it... <laughs> <laughs> if yes. you kind of open it up and let it ooze out <laughs> with this gross thing. I just took Mimi, our, our, our dog, to, to the vet, and she had one of those. And so he did lance it. And so that's what I was thinking about when you said this. But then when it oozes out, then it, it dissipates. And then, you know, she could do and whatever she, can she heal. needs. Yes. And then she can heal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what happens, you know, if we don't deal with our anger, Leonard? Well, you know, if we don't deal with our anger and it just builds up and builds up, A, it's going to lead to a terrific conflict in the relationship yeah. and it's going to it's going to move towards injury. So people start harming one another right. with their anger, lashing out at each other, and then they give up even. Why should I be nice to you because you're not nice to me? And this vicious cycle of really anger begetting anger begetting anger. And that's really what happens. Yeah. You know, sometimes people will come to me and they say, you know, we don't fight, but I can feel that underlying hostility. Mm. It's it's just like, you know, it, it's psychically there and you can feel it there. You know, they'll say things that are um, a little bit, uh, you know, they're trying to be nice, but they're really not. And so that his hostility comes out insidiously. So if you suppress it, it it's going to come out one way or another, right? So true. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, John Gottman, who's been a, a phenomenal researcher in couple relationships. And he mentioned that uh, for couples to really be thriving, they should have a ratio of five positives to one negatives. So just think of a, of a couple. If I see a couple and they come in and they really aren't saying any positives at all, they're just yelling or screaming or really angry at each other, it's mm -hmm. like they're getting bankrupt. It's yeah. like one negative to another negative. It means they're bankrupting their relationship rather than making it more uh, abundant. Right, right. But we should talk about the, you know, the, 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 the important thing that we're talking about is hard love. Isn't it, uh, yes. Mari, too? Yes. 
So why don't you, why don't you leap into the uh, um, um, this acronym? I believe you right. came up with the acronym yeah. Hard Love. Yes. And it's a great acronym to say, well, th- if you there's a lot of anger in a relationship, well, let's use Hard Love. It may seem yeah. strange to use Hard Love, <laughs> but, but why don't you start off with yeah. H? Yeah. Well, what, what I just want to kind of clarify, it's, it's not always easy to remember steps. And so Hard Love gives us the steps to remember when we want to really transform that hostility and turn those you know negative statements into positive statements and how to do it so the first one is somebody says some your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend says something to you that is very offensive and you feel very hostile toward them the first step to take is to halt h for hard and what you want to do is you want to stop the the automatic reaction which is feeling like just blurting out and and blaming that person like okay you know you've got resentment no i've got real resentments you know if, mm-hmm. so the first thing to do to do is really just to stop yourself from doing anything and what happens when we get angry is our body actually reacts and our brain when we're really angry our primitive brain starts working (laughs) instead of our logical brain so we have to get ourselves centered and calm so that we get back to that place where our body is just relaxing and it's very helpful to just breathe breathe into wherever you feel that that terrible anxiety Okay, so halt is the first section. You know, I was thinking also is that halting means, I always uh, tell couples, think of anger on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being enraged. And so when a couple, when they're at 8, level 8, or even 7, their first... Their first goal is to lower the barometer, to lower the temperature, not try to fix the problem. So usually when right. they're at an eight, they say, let's fix it. Let's, yeah. right, right. No, the, the, the goal is to halt and slowly let the thermometer start to lower down from an eight to a seven to a six. That's the halt. Right, right, right. And just breathing and just mm. telling yourself and bringing it to a mindful, conscious level. Like, okay, I'm mad, but I am not going to say anything. I'm just going to get centered first before I do anything. Sometimes and, people need a time out as well. So if, if I'm really at that stage, in rage stage, I know that just I'm going to get triggered. So I just, let's, let's just take a break for 15 minutes. I need to yeah. just to go and just, just have a time out. Right. So we talked about halting. That's H. The second one of hard loving is anger control. And, you know, anger can be your ally if you use it positively to make a change but anger can also be destructive if you don't so it destroys us so anger control is doing something that you recognize getting into your own body and recognize it some people get really angry like for me I feel it in my solar plexus. It's like someone just put a knife in my solar plexus. Someone says something mean to me. Um, other people, like that, I see them, their face will get red. Other people, their shoulders will get tight or they just can't swallow. So whatever it is, just for yourself, get into that point where you consider right now, 
What happens when I get angry? Let your body feel it. And then as you breathe into it, for me to breathe into that solar plexus, to just imagine that knife just disappearing. That is a way that you really take some action in anger control. So let's talk. Yeah, you want to add to that? So no, that's that's great. So then from there, that's H-A, then the R is the reversing. Right. The negative reaction. So the reversing, I think as we're talking, we talked earlier about the importance of mindfulness. Right. So reversing is I can just be mindful of myself, like you were saying, Mari, being mindful of my breathing, being mindful of the parts of my body that I'm all tense and, and, right. and aggravated. Yeah. And I'm mindful. And I can begin to slowly begin to reverse it by breathing. The breath is a great way just to reverse it. Yeah. Ah, just, I always think it's important to be gentle. Just be gentle with ourselves. So, wow, I'm really angry. Notice that I'm angry. And then I can begin to slow, begin to reverse the process. Right. And as you're the observer of yourself, like you're saying, being mindful, being conscious. And if your shoulders are tight, breathe into your shoulders and just imagine just them releasing. Or if it's your solar plexus, like I said before, take out the knife. Or if your face is hot, just imagine just cool water, just, you know, cooling it, cooling your face off and then it returning to its normal section. Now, we're saying this, it doesn't take that long to do it. Once you've practiced, it's only instantaneous. So you halt, you focus on your body, and then you have reversed the reaction. And now you're ready to listen. So let's talk about how important listening is. So we're disengaging, basically. That's the D, yes. is to disengage. You know, I was even thinking disengaging um, can occur that, imagine I'm really angry. Imagine if I conjured into my memory, into my mind, a memory of a time when I was really loved. Yes. Or really cared about. Just mm-hmm. shifting the memory helps me disengage as well. And then I can disengage from this this, this, this uh, really um, emotional, emotional, physical process. Right. So when you so if you figure this out that you've you've detached physically from that that anger that's you know that we learn that actually it's not even learned it's the fight or flight that we are natural that we have when we had to run away from wolves and and bears when we were cave people <laughs> but um, we have that natural reaction to fight or flee or a- attack right so we have to actually get ourselves to resist doing that and when we do and we detach we have now physically detached and now we can mentally detach from that anger and really focus on the logic. So when we've really detached, we're no longer in our primitive brain that has to, you know, survive. We're now in our more logical brain. Yes. So, so instead of my mind saying, enemy, enemy, this person in front of me is an enemy, my mind says, wait a minute, this is my lover. This is my friend. This is a person who's hurt. This is a person who needs comfort. So the, yeah. the the mind is beginning to say, okay, not enemy, friend. Right. Friend. Right. I think of the there's a an old movie uh, Frankenstein, and <laughs> and there's a Mel Brooks thing. Oh yeah. And then and then the Frankenstein was with somebody else, and, and the guy says friend. Right. So again, it's trying to remind ourselves. Wait. Friend, this is a friend. This is my lover, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so we had H for halt, A for anger uh, control, 
Um, R for reverse the reaction, and D for detach. So that was hard. Now we get to the second uh, word. Love. Love. Okay, so love starts with listening. The greatest thing you can do for a friend or a lover is to listen. That is the greatest gift we can give to anyone. So let's talk about really active listening. Yeah, and listening, think of it this way, listening to our partner, also listening to ourselves. So we're listening, okay, what's going on with me? But listening to our partner means I'm stopping, paying attention. I really want to find out what is going on in my partner's life. That uh, usually if there's anger, she or he may have done something to disturb me. So, geez, I wonder why. You know, you're beginning to yeah. listen and listen to what she is or he is saying mm -hmm. um, and a we talked in in a previous uh, show about active listening yes. meaning i'm actively being present with my partner to really listen to what is what the, a problem is right and i'm not getting ready to respond like okay yes you know i'm you're mad at me well i'm mad at you you know, it's not like taking turns like that. It's like really being in that place of openness and receptiveness to listen. Listen with your head, listen with your brain, listen with your heart, listen with your soul. Really be there to listen. And if they say, hey, you know, I'm really angry at you. You're always doing this and you never care about me and you're selfish. And they're saying all this. Just really listen to the pain that they're in. Just listen without judging, without wanting to respond. That's really hard. That's really hard when somebody's attacking you because you really feel like you have to defend yourself. Yes. So that's when you don't do that. You have to really work at that. Mm -hmm. And maybe one way to help <clears throat> get us to the next uh, letter, O, and that is to openly mirror. Uh, often men want to fix a problem. And so to mirror means I don't have to fix, I don't have to defend, I don't have to attack. All I'm doing is I'm openly mirroring what my partner is saying. So if my partner says I'm really angry that uh, I'm doing all the work around the house and you're not doing anything, to openly mirror says, wow, so what I hear you saying is that you're really upset because you feel like you're doing all the chores around the house and you don't, you feel like I'm neglecting my part. Is right. that right? Yeah. It's yeah. openly mirroring to another person what is really going on. So in the process, it's halting. It is stopping this, um, this escalation. Runaway. Yeah, mm -hmm. the escalation of it. Mm -hmm. And when you repeat back what they say, and sometimes you might even have to reframe it. So if they, if someone says to you, again, if your lover says to you, you know, you're selfish, you never do anything for me, then you might even want to soften that just for your own sake, as well as theirs. Just say, I'm hearing that you feel that I'm not giving to you. Okay, and and that way you're already helping the situation. You're mirroring back, but you're mirroring back really the the, the feelings behind it as well. So that can yes. help deflect the conflict when you openly mirror and you um, just. I think the key to openly mirroring it, and it's hard when somebody's attacking you, is to really stay in that calm place so that you can mirror with getting defensive that's the key just don't get defensive and, and remember this because people say well if I don't defend myself then he or she's going to think I I agree that's not true 
If you mirror back, you are not agreeing. So just remember that. Just to let them know that they're being heard does not mean that you agree. Well, and again, we're talking about you know, high conflict here. So when right. we're, we're trying to, again, lower the conflict so that a couple can begin to resolve the problem in a more calmer state. Because if we use that scale from 1 to 10, you're not going to resolve problems when you're from 8, 9, and 10. Right. Your only goal is to try to attack and defend. You want to get that barometer down, that scale down comfortably between a 3 and a 6. And that's going to give you a better opportunity to really resolve this. Right. And sometimes if, if, it's, if it's so intense... That halting, like you said before, you may need at this point when you're getting yelled at is just say say something like, you know, I really do want to talk to you, but right now the emotions are so high. Can we take a five-minute mm-hmm, break? Mm-hmm. You might want to do that if that person is so in, enraged because you don't anything you might do might not even help, even mirroring. So take a five-minute break and just say, let's come back in five minutes. Let's let's just get a cup of coffee or let's just sit down and and just take a minute quietly before we talk anymore. So you say, what is it if you, if sometimes when you're so angry and you say to oh, the yeah, other yeah, person? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Speak when you're angry and you'll say the best speech you ever regret. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. It's, so, a, it's good. I'm righteously indignant. I'm going to just tell you what it is, but is it really helping improve right. the situation? No, yes. no. And then you, you know, maybe you got it out, but then you go, oh gosh, why did I say that? Yes. That wasn't worth saying. Yes. Okay, so we, we we are now, we, we have L for listen, we have O for openly mirror, and now the next thing is V, v. for voice open-ended questions. So if, let's say my spouse says to me, you know, you you never do anything to help me, then I would come back and say, I hear you say that you feel I'm not helpful to you. Tell me more about that, or what do you what do you really mean by that? And I have to say it in a tone of voice that is like, not, what do you mean by that? But really with the interest, with the heart and soul to say, what do you mean by that? Or help me understand what you're, what, why you're saying that. I, I'm, not, I'm really oblivious. You know, tell me more. Yeah, That's all, another way to say it. It is, is to, true. Yeah. So, you know, often if we feel in battle, we're not going to be wanting to find out from the other party. We just want to defend ourselves. So this is really asking, voicing open-ended questions. Says, okay, as you're saying, Mari, you know, I need to know more. Uh, I wonder why you're um, experiencing this now. Or, geez, I didn't know you'd be so upset. Uh, What's going on with you? Yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Uh, mm-hmm. Please help me understand. Yeah. That's that's one that I think helps people. You know, please help me understand. I, I, and you know, they might say, "What do you mean you don't understand?" I said it. You know, just say, "I am really kind of lost." Help me, help me understand. And people want to help the other person, yeah. even when they're angry at them. They they don't want to say, "Well, no, I'm not going to help you understand how I'm feeling." I mean, it opens the door for them to speak. And the more you allow them to speak, the more it's going to get deeper down into the real reasons that they're saying that, you know, your, your spouse might be saying, you don't, you don't care about me. Well, what does that mean? You know, 
what help mm-hmm. me understand what am I doing that makes you think I don't care about you? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get deeper and you're going to get into specifics. And then you're going to be able to, you know, really look at how they're feeling and understand at a much deeper level. Right. You can say, oh, you seem mad. Are you mad? Yes. I mean, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't are you, help. Are you mad? Yes, I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you know, you seem mad. Um, uh, tell me how you're really feeling. I mean, that's, that allows... Well, I'm feeling really mad. You're feeling really mad. Okay, so, hmm. Well, tell, so, me, tell me what's really upsetting yeah, you. Yeah, what's really, going on? I really, I really want to know what's going on with yeah, you. Now, yeah. mind you, it's easy to do that if I'm not really ticked off. Right. You know, again, this is where we go back to all the other processes of lowering it down, lowering but our emotionality. But sometimes people need to vent, mm-hmm. you know? like Great uh, and, point. And, and so, like, I'll be in mediation and, and I'll see someone seething, you know? And I'll say, so... I don't understand what just happened. Tell me what's going on. And I will get this barrage of venting, and I'll just let them vent. Let them vent without saying anything until they're done. You know? And it's a lot easier if your partner says, I just need to vent. Yeah. And then if I know my partner just needs to vent, I can just... I can be there more as a container, holding right. the space for my partner to vent. But some people are not that conscious of what's happening. Mm-hmm. They're venting, and they're not conscious of it. Mm-hmm. So we, as the other partner, the more conscious, the more mindful partner, has to say to ourselves, oh, it looks like our part- <laughs> my partner needs to vent. You know, that's a good point, Mari. So let's look at our scale from 1 to 10. If my partner is at an eight or nine and I'm at a four or a five, it's really my responsibility to try and help my partner lower down. It's not from my, my responsibility to get from a four to five to an eight or nine, so we're in the same wavelength. Right, because that's going to get us nowhere. No, the person who's, who has less investment can lower it. It's their responsibility to lower it down. Right. And finally, we have E for embrace solutions and once we understand each other that's when we can really start brainstorming solutions i i love you i want to work things out with you what do we need to do but we are out of time do you believe so they're going to have to read our book (laughs) (laughs) well thank you again mari this is always a great opportunity for us to just open up this whole conversation right okay you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net I'm Mari Frank join us every Monday morning at 8.30am for Fighting for Love and visit our website at conflicthealing.com thanks some people die for love and I believe it's true cause I do the same for you The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.